Philadelphia Union, San Jose Earth, DC, Los Angeles Galaxy, Beach Pass, Colorado Rapids, Vancouver Whitecaps, Seattle Sounders, Montreal Impact, Beach USA, New York Red Bulls, Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Hey there, welcome to another edition of Pitch Pass. Thank you very much for downloading this episode. PitchPass.com for everything relating to the show. And of course, at PitchPass, you want to follow us on Twitter and maybe give us a follow for the World Cup because the World Cup is coming. And everybody, including yourself, getting ready for it. We wanted to get you a little bit of perspective of what it's like for the players as they prepare to begin their World Cup experience. Can't really talk to a lot of the players on this year's team just because they're getting ready. So we figured we'd get the next best thing. A man who has been there as part of the United States men's national team for a World Cup. He's now a defender for Vancouver Whitecaps. He's Jay Demer, and he joins us right now on Pitch Pass. Jay, hello. Good to be here again. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And thank you for saying again. That means you remember our first conversation. That makes you feel very special. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell, you're one of the family now I, I am, I, I feel very loved uh, Tell everybody where you're at Because uh, you're doing some fun stuff on your summer vacation I am, yeah, it's nice to have a break uh, Of course in the league But uh, during this time of the World Cup Of course, uh, I get to go to ESPN For a week and do some TV work And some analyst work and stuff like that uh, On the big World Cup shows So uh, I'm looking forward to Talking shop with some of the some of the soccer boys we're recording this on a Tuesday. You started your duties with ESPN yesterday, uh, so if people want to check you out this week, you'll be. We, I assume you'll be in studio all week for ESPN FC, correct? I am, yes, yes. And uh, once the World Cup starts on Thursday, we kind of shift gears to an actual World Cup uh, edition of the show, so it'll be a little bit more uh, airtime and things like that, uh, and a couple more different guests and, 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 and along those lines. More More things focused just on... Uh, on Brazil, so uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a great opportunity for me, and and something I'm, I've never really done before, as far as going in studio and and being on the box. So I'm looking forward to it. So how will it work for you, as far as your your day job? Will you be in Connecticut all week and then go back to Vancouver to start training? What what's the downtime for the for the team like? Yeah, well, we've gotten a, a week off, so uh, the two and a half week break that we have, uh, the coaches uh, uh, has allowed us to. I'll take a week to kind of do do what we want. So I have to be back on to Vancouver on Sunday. I did pick up a, an ankle injury um, in Philly on the weekend. I've actually just got an MRI last night here in Connecticut. Funny enough, uh, and try, to try to figure out what's going on in there. So we'll assess the injury as well. So I don't know if I'll train right when I get back. But uh, as far as uh, what we have to do uh, as a team is uh, is get a nice little break and then get back to work next Monday. Now, uh, I have a kindergartner, so he just finished school this week, and he got his little summer packet. When when you are sent off for a week and say they say, all right, look, you got a week off, do they give you a little packet to the trainers or, or give you a packet <laughs> to say, this is what you need to work on while you're gone and make sure you come back and ready to go? <laughs> Funny enough, yeah. Some things never change, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, that, that's definitely uh, what we have. We had a, a little workout package from our, our physio and fitness coach. And then uh, obviously with, uh, with with I think it was a three or four day workout. So every other day we have to do a okay. little jog or a, uh, some kind of uh, cardio type work 
just so we're taking over and making sure that we're not losing any fitness that we've worked so hard over this season so far to get. So I suppose it makes sense. And, you know, I've asked a couple of people that we've had on the show about the break. Uh, we had Ben Olsen on. I asked him. We asked a couple other the other players about breaks. Uh, for you, uh, you've reached the stage of your career, which, you know, is, is a testament to your, your career, but also a, oh, boy, here we go. You're, you're in the whole we've got to rest him stage of your career. So I would assume a long break for you is, is kind of welcomed. Absolutely. You know, especially with this ankle injury, I suppose if you do get injured throughout a season, you'd want it to come out of break so you can use sure. this time to get back. So, um, that, that's definitely the case in, in, in my uh, in my mind. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're right. And when you get to this age, 34, I'll be 35 this year, uh, you can't train hard the that we used to be able to or want to at, uh, at 23, 24, 25s, and so on. Uh, but that doesn't mean... You know, my days still seem to be longer though, because I'm in training an hour and a half before. I got to get cracked and see the physios and make sure my hips are in line and all that other stuff. You know, so you know it's always a work in progress, and I still enjoy it. Um, and, and, and you know, it's 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 really something that you have to manage better. And uh, when you get to this age, and I think between myself, the physios, and then that we have a pretty good understanding of of how you can get through, hopefully through a season. Uh, as healthy as possible and, and really still be able to contribute uh, to your team. And, and as you get to this age, con- contribution isn't just on the field. It's helping the young kid out. It's, it's, it's helping mentor some of the guys that are going to come through and sharing your experiences and, and really kind of almost becoming one of the one of the player coaches on the yeah. team, especially with our group at being in Vancouver this year. We'll be a really young squad. Our age is, almost, uh, is only 23 or 24 in our in our group this year with only two guys over 30 years old, uh, we, we have to, as old guys have to take a little bit of a mentorship role, which both of us are still there, really, really relish and, and really enjoy that side of the game too. So it's been a really enjoyable season so far. Yeah, you know, and I was gonna, I was gonna jump right into the World Cup stuff, but you know, we we were talking about Vancouver, and so you know, I have a couple of things I wanted to throw by you as far as the team's concerned, and. You know, I've always been an admirer of Vancouver from afar. Uh, I'm in D.C. I'm a D.C. United fan, but I, I always kind of rooted for Vancouver, especially when you get into the Cascadia thing. And uh, I always feel like that you guys get off to a really encouraging start and then things gradually fall away. Why this year? Why would you say this year might be a different sort of scenario for the Whitecaps uh, as we head into the midway point of the year? Well, well, the first thing I think uh, what we've had this year, and hopefully this year uh, rather than the others, is, is the depth of our squad. A lot of times as seasons go on, again, you pick up little niggly injuries, you, you have suspensions through yellow cards, and, and, your, and your squad has to be used. And in previous, especially in the first couple of years as we developed as an expansion franchise, you know, we didn't have the depth we needed to get through a long season without the dips that we had. And, and then, you know, sometimes throughout the, throughout those seasons, the dips were longer than expected and we just scraped by, just missed out on the playoffs, um, last year and then just made the playoffs the year before. So, you know, I, I think as, as you start to develop as an expansion franchise, you have to get that core group of players or that core group of, uh, uh, of your squad that can all contribute. And I think this year in particular, we have, 20 guys that have all already this season contributed and contributed in a, in a great way. So, um, you know, I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is uh, uh, what what Carl Robinson, our, our, our manager, has really done is he, he's brought in a, a group that really seems to get along. You know, we talk, we talk about team chemistry all the time, and 
uh, it's easier said than done, that's for sure, because once some guys aren't playing and some guys, you know, it's hard to keep 25 guys happy when only 11 can play. And I think what Carl's done really opened up the communication between the group, making sure everyone knows where they stand and making sure everyone's on the same page, whether they're a sub, uh, an injured reserve or a starter, we're all in it together. And I, I think he's really brought the group together and we're all fighting for each other and playing well for each other and not showing on the field. So I wanted to ask you about a couple of players. Um, let's start off with uh, Eric Hurtado. Uh, what have you seen this year from him that has con- – or did you see something in preseason that said, oh, okay, this kid's ready to break out as he has been happening over the course, especially the last few matches? Well, I think Eric's been uh, a pleasant surprise for us. Last year, he, of course, he was a rookie. There's always there's always rookie uh, spider webs and things you got to work out and get those guys to not only start to understand what it's like to be a professional, which takes a little bit of time, but also just what it's like to to adapt your game to the professional lifestyle, I suppose. And you know, Eric's always been a pacey, powerful, athletic guy. He's always had this an unbelievably raw talent as far as his athleticism and what he brings to our team. But it's about harnessing that and making sure that the player himself understands, okay, I can't take three touches here and take an into two defenders. I need to pass here. Or, okay, here's the time that I can get in behind or make smarter runs. And I think in year two, Eric's really starting to figure that out. And uh, again, Robbo has given him chances, which uh, a good manager has done. He's, he's given his young guys chances, and, and thankfully for us and for him, he's grabbed it with both hands. And that's what I always ask of our young guys is that you know, when you get your opportunities, make sure, A, you learn from them and get better every time, and B, at the, when you do get your chance, try to take it with both hands and really start to create a competition within the squad. And you know, we're, we're really happy to see Eric been able to step up to the plate and do that. And, you know, his performances have, have been fantastic for us. And that, that will continue now with Derek, Darren Maddox coming back from international duty and pushing him. So all those types of things are, are really healthy for a squad, again, if everyone's on the same page. And I think that's what Eric has really brought to us this year. And it's got to be good. You talk about competition for places, especially among young players. Having a guy like Hurtado started to emerge that also, like you said, gets Darren Maddox in a situation where it's, okay, I'm not just going to walk into the starting 11 just because I had a lot of talent or I've had good form in the past. He needs to keep his level of play up, which is only going to benefit you guys down the road. Well, exactly. And, and of course, losing Kenny Miller early on this yeah. season you know, obviously allowed Eric to come in and, and take his chance as well. But in doing so, we're, you know, we're losing a, a proven goal scorer over a long career. So those guys sometimes are hard to, hard to replace. And, and to have Eric uh, come in and, and really, really replace him right away has been a huge thing for our club. Because I think there's a bit of nerves there, just having all the pressure go on Darren's shoulders. But now we've created two goal scorers, two guys that can really cause defenses in this, in this league problems. And then in the meantime, we can start to develop or have time to look for another replacement to come in and join those guys, which is really great. What did you know about Pedro Morales before he joined the Whitecaps? And, and what has he brought to the table that is that has energized the club? Well, to be honest, I didn't know much about him. Uh, of course, I know Malaga and I knew uh, uh, the, the team and the league that he's played in. So he, he comes with a great track record. Uh, but a lot of times, especially in this league, Spanish type players and things like that. Um, I don't, sometimes I, you don't feel like they understand the league or understand how hard it actually is to play in the MLS. Not, not only physically, but also how the how the standard has gotten so much better over the years that they're, they're coming they're coming into an environment where there's really good soccer players and really good teams. And uh, I think that was the initial 
uh, scare bringing a guy like Pedro in, but his attitude has been fantastic. I, I think, um, you know, Chilean type players. And again, we've added two Uruguayans as well. That South American mentality, I think is a little bit more hard nosed than some of the, uh, the Central American or Spanish type, uh, European, uh, players that we've brought into this league. And it's just really good to see all those guys come in with a great attitude, willingness to work, but actually a little bit of a, uh, of an edge to them. And, and Pedro has that edge, but he also has that finesse. He's, you can see in the way he plays, his vision is as good as anyone in this league. His, uh, his range of passing is as good as anyone in this league. And he really liked being a part of our group and, and playing in that central role where he really pulls all the strings. Uh, to have That's the first time in my four years here in Vancouver we've had a player uh, that can sit in there and really control the game. And it, For me, it's great to see and it's great to watch because it, uh, it really helps our team. And you can see uh, he's had a couple uh, two-goal performances. He's always uh, at least on the assist board every time we score a goal. And uh, those are the types of players and DPs that you want. And finally, we have a DP that's really contributing at all levels. You know, and that's why I asked you the question, and uh, I'm glad that you, you you were candid in your response of, I, I don't really, really know much. Because, you know, as an outsider, I have an opinion of, of what a DP from a a big league, quote unquote, is all about. But I, I was curious to get, you know, a player's response. Is it skepticism when you go, all right, well, they played in the Liga, but let's see how they play here, or is it, oh, well, they played in the Liga, they're going to be good here? What's what's your mindset when you hear about a player coming in from a big, a big, uh, a big league or a big nation? Sure. Well, and that's a good question because I think you and I have both seen both sides of that coin. You know, the big name player that comes in here think it's going to be an easy league only to find out that it certainly isn't and they struggle. Yeah. But then you get maybe some of the guys, you know, like, like Pedro, for instance, who's on the edge, who has good experiences, played at the top level, but still a has is young enough to and athletic enough to, to really contribute. Um, but still has the qualities that, that, that match this league. And I think that's the key in, in bringing out these, uh, these DPs into the league is, are they going to fit the style and pace and power of, of the MLS and the athleticism? Because it's hard to travel. It's hard to play on turf. It's all, it's all those types of things that really can influence a player. And if that player isn't, doesn't have the attitude or you know, the skill set to adapt to that, I think they will struggle. So I think that's the key in picking a good DP to add to this league. So Jay Demerick gets a phone call from ESPN saying, hey, Love to get your thoughts. Uh, could you come to Connecticut? I know you're going to be off for a week. Can you come to Connecticut and uh, do some analysis? You say yes. What is your prep process? How how do you get yourself ready to to to, to be an analyst for ESPN for World Cup? Oh uh, well, just watch I'm, a lot of games. I'm, I'm currently <laughs> finding that out right now. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, thankfully, I've I've been able to do a lot of media throughout my career. You know, being in front of the camera isn't something that's new to me, but I suppose just, you know, again, for instance, to answer your question, yesterday morning I get an email saying these are, these are the points we're going to touch on. This is, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Neymar. And you, you kind of get your bullet points yeah. the day before. So you can talk, you know, you can research a little bit as to what's going on. Some of the names you might not have remembered, you need to remember on, on camera. I think as the World Cup starts, that's going to be my biggest challenge is, uh, you know, uh, some of these Ghanaian or Croatian players, <laughs> how I'm going to pronounce their names, will be my my initial challenge in figuring out what clubs they played for, how many goals they played for, or they had for Stuttgart this season, or whatever. You know, I think that's the little things that you start to learn by being an analyst or, or being someone that's behind the, the the lens. And 
Um, it's something again that I, I think I'll, I'll try to learn well, uh, learn when we hit the ground running. But uh, I, I think early on, ESPN will hopefully use me as a, just an experience kind of guy. Okay, well, what did you think about yeah. this? And when you guys were in camp, how, how did you guys react to say winning or losing or drawing your first game in the Bull Cup? You know, I think in the beginning, until I learn some of these ins and outs, that that will be my role. Um, and then from there, we'll, we'll, we'll grow from it. But well, uh, either way, it's, it's, it's something I've, I've always been pretty interested in. I don't know if I'll, I'll, I'll make the next step, but I, I think, I think this is the only way that I can find out if I, I really want to. Is this week, especially the beginning of the week, the hardest part because it's mostly speculation? I would imagine for you, you're going to watch the games no matter what. You're a player. You, you, you'll see things that people who, are, who don't play will see. And it'll be easier to break down matches when they happen as opposed to now where it's just speculation and wondering and curiosity because there's no games to break down at this point. Yeah, definitely. You know, we can we can sit here and it actually makes it easier to talk right now because there isn't anything happening. We can just speculate all day. So there's <laughs> lots that we can talk about the the ifs ands and buts. But uh, what what I guess the, we're all excited about is this World Cup. There's so many teams this year that really have a chance, and it's it's been really interesting to analyze how uh, how it's all going to break down. And if this happens, and then then this game becomes more important. And uh, I think we're all looking forward to getting these games going. You know, Brazil, Croatia. I think even to start will be a, an interesting game because it's, it's a contrast of styles. It's a it, it's a Brazil with all the pressure in the world on their shoulders, coming into a pretty hard hard working Croatian team that will give them a tough run. Um, in, in in all those types of types of scenarios, all across the board, the U.S. team in particular and, and their group, it, it's just going to be so fun to watch it all all come about. And uh, I'm just I'm just happy to uh, to be able to sit behind it and, and really kind of watch it all come in. I asked Ben Olsen this uh, last week on the show, and it's really about mindset. He was there in 2006 in Germany. You were there in 2010 South Africa. Um, at what point do you start to mentally lock it down? Um, we go through the process of the 30-man, and then the, the cut down to the 23. Then we've got the friendlies uh, here in, in the United States. Is it on the plane to Brazil? Is it landing in Brazil? Do you lock it down even maybe the last friendly in the United States? At what point are these guys going to really start focusing and, and getting their game face on, so to speak? Well, I think the warm-up games are important, um, but they're always scheduled in the fact they're a little bit of a confidence builder. They're a little bit of a slow-paced game because nobody really wants to get injured, um, but they are prepped. So, that that's the first little step, but the I think I really felt that I was part of something special and something much bigger than me when I got off that plane in South Africa. You're kind of because you're you're in comfort, you're in stage. You're, I think we played our warm-up games in Philadelphia, and New York. Uh, of course, these guys played in Jacksonville, New York, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, you get on that plane, you see the plane it has stars written on it, and you're the only ones on the plane, and yeah. you you touch down. In, in that host country, and then you go, okay, here we go. You see the press, you come through customs, and there's nothing but cameras and lights and flashes, and and then it really hits you that you're a part of something that's really, really big. And that's when I think you really switch into into World Cup mode, as I suppose, as you would put it. Um, and you have another week, week or week and a half to prepare, and it's all business from there. How do you feel, and I, I know you can't answer the question specifically because you haven't been in both situations, but a situation where you, you look at people, at uh, the United States team, where when you're in the States, 
yeah, there's pressure, and yes, there's a spotlight, and yes, it's a little brighter than it would be during a, a league match. But it probably isn't the same as Spain, who you know basically came out and said, we're coming to the United States because we need to get out of our country because it's, it's, it's too intense. Uh, what would you rather have if you had your druthers? The, the relaxation or at least the non-pressure aspect before you get on the plane or that pressure immediately? I don't know when the Spanish pressure begins, but it's, it's much, much sooner than when you guys have to go through it. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I would, per, I would personally prefer the, the calm before the storm. I would, I would like to take the team away because these are great times that, and it also depends on your squad. You know, if it's a squad that's been established for a while and you know what you can count on and what you need to work on and have worked on it for the previous year or two, then it's not a big, a, as big a problem. And I think you can enjoy the qualifiers and and and, and the warm games, but. Uh, you know, for instance, in the U.S.'s case, you know, there's a lot of combinations and, and, and things that, as far as uh, defensively or who's going to play on the wing or who's going to play with Josie up top. You know, all those types of things are so, you know, unanswered at the, or sorry during the warm-up games that, you know, you need that time to really get down to business and and, and to try different things. And, and if I'm Spain, I don't want to be doing that in my hometown or in my home country because everyone's going to be talking about it. Everyone's going to be trying to find a hidden camera to figure out what's going on, what combinations are going to be what. So I, I think that I would like that privacy if, if I was one of those nations that had the crazy, uh, the craziness surrounding it. Um, and then I think, again, once you get to Brazil, everyone shifts into the same mindset. There's, there's nothing else. There's no real difference between any team once they get down there. In these days leading up to the first match, uh, what is, what's your typical day like? Is it, is it, I assume you just can't be on that knife's edge of thinking about and getting yourself prepped and getting that game face on for the entire day. You just you drain yourself mentally. So what is your day like in this four days? You're in Brazil, but you're not playing yet. Well, it's it's pretty lonely, to be honest, because a lot of these hotels and a lot of these places you stay, you're you're very guarded. You, you don't have people to interact with. You can't really go shopping at the mall across the street. You know, all those types of things aren't really, not necessarily allowed. Of course, you can go, but they're, you're, you're, you're very much protected. So you, you really got to, it's a good time to really gel with your teammates. Some guys play ping pong or there's usually like a games room where guys can play pool or, or, or hang out and throw some music on and just chill out, you know, like outside of their hotel rooms and lobbies. And because there's not usually the hotels are very private. You're not really allowed to stay in hotels where, where there's a lot of other people. Um, and I think uh, for, for good reason, of course. Um, but it's, it's kind of an eerie feeling cause it's just you guys, it's just your team and your coaches and stuff. And you, know, you better hope that you get along with your teammates because it's, it's these types of times where, um, or, or sorry, get along with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, or the, one or the other, one or the other you have to have, because there's not much interaction between any, any, any public or any real public activities until those games start and you're allowed to relax a little bit more. And I guess when, when we hear coaches all the time talk about bringing team guys and, and guys who are going to be good teammates, this is what we mean, not necessarily camps in Stanford where anybody can go walking around whenever they want. It's, it's this time when you're all sequestered together that you need guys who might not play much but are still guys that are going to keep people loose, get people having fun, and, and not, get people, not get on people's nerves, I would imagine. <laughs> Oh, one one hundred percent. You know, you talk about you know what I kind of Vancouver is that he's really created a group where everyone contributes, even if they don't play, and that has to be super important, especially like you said in these times where 
know, you get the funny guy or the guy that makes up songs or, or, you know, has, you know, tricks to play at dinner and all that, all that stuff, you know, it, it, it adds to the group, especially when in downtime, when you do have a lot of it, you know, we're not training at this time, you know, really hard or really long. It's all about prep work a little bit more in, in the film room or, or prep work as far as the scouting report goes, that heightens up a little bit more right now. Um, but, but the actual physical work isn't, isn't that high. Um, so it's just about making sure that uh, you keep the group happy and you keep the group uh, hungry. And, and, and there is a formula to that and uh, it's not an easy one, that's for sure. So, uh, you know, you, you hope that your physio can tell good jokes or tell good stories, you know, like all those little things definitely matter. Who was the guy in 2010? Uh, well, Stu Holden actually was. Uh, I would say is the it was the best uh, guy for us. Uh, he was he was actually my roommate, and um, as I say, we made up songs because that's what we did. Him and I used to come up with a new chant every day. One of the players on the back of the bus, and we'd get the whole team to learn it, and we'd we'd chant it by the <laughs> on the way to training and stuff like that. And uh, you know, it's just fun stuff like that. And uh, Brad Guzan is always a good character always good with a laugh or, or something funny. So, you know, he'll be in the locker room right now, hopefully trying to do the same thing for the U.S. team now. So as we start thinking about the group stage, um, as we watched the Nigeria match, I, I got came away going, really, it'd be nice if, if Klinsman could find a way to get Kyle Beckerman onto the pitch as, as much as possible. Uh, is that going to be possible? Uh, did you see the, the Beckerman... Jermaine Jones, Michael Bradley, all three of them on the pitch at the same time. Is that something that, that can work at World Cup? Well, I, I didn't see it coming, probably like most of us. Yeah. But uh, I definitely watched it and saw that it worked. And, and, and the more that I watched it, the more I think it makes sense. Because with him and really relishing that role, I think anyone that can play that defensive role the way Kyle does, you really have to want to play it and really relish it and really enjoy it. And, and uh, I think Kyle has done that for Real Salt Lake for years and, and also for the U.S. team over the last couple of years. And uh, I think playing there and really breaking things up in, in, in front of him really allows Michael to be going forward and, and thinking mainly only forward thinking. Uh, you can see the way he stopped Josie a couple of times and in the previous games how he's gotten forward, uh, Mexico in particular, back post uh, crosses, getting his head on him across and, uh, again, and, and he can really hit things from 15, 20 yards out as well. So, you know, he really has become one of our best goal-scoring threats. Uh, Michael, you know, playing with Mike, I never really thought I'd say that, but um, because he, he was more of a defensive type of role. But to see him come and really come into his own offensively now, I think it's sensible to put Kyle in there because then Mike can really worry about going forward because we still need to score goals. Say what you will about us and, 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 and questions in the defense, but we still need to score. Um, and we're going to have to be able to do that, um, you know, against Ghana for sure, because that's a game we have to win. And I think with Kyle back there, it allows him to do that. And 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 Jermaine to, to join in the link up as well. So I don't mind it. I, I really think that it's something that uh, uh, is sensible, and also it's something that I think might happen because uh, the Nigeria game was probably the warm-up game that Jurgen was thinking about how we're yep. going to play against Ghana. Very similar type of styles of play, very similar teams in their athleticism. And I would imagine that that's why he tried it. And it, because it worked, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried it again. So you're on record as saying you have Brazil going to, to winning the World Cup, which is good because then we don't have to sugarcoat around, well, if the U.S. doesn't win, who do you got? So I'm glad that you, you came out and said, my pick is Brazil. <laughs> However... 
We're both Americans. I, I last week, and I, I'll tell you after you because I don't want to soil your 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 prediction. But tell me how the U.S. results wise can make it to the second round. Ghana, Portugal, Germany. How do the results have to sta- stack up to you for them to move on? Well, I, I think the Ghana game is the all important game. I think we have to take three points from that game. Um, not only will it give us confidence going into game two that we can build on as we get to the, the higher powers, I suppose, in this group, even though Ghana, let, let's be honest, they're not, they're not a team to take lightning. They just, they just put four past Korea last night, who's no pushover as far as how they get behind the ball and defend. So, you know, this is, but I, I still believe that the Ghana game is an all important game. Um, if Ronaldo, for instance, doesn't play well with his knee or whatever's going on with him, that's a huge advantage for us going into the game too. I'm pushing, pushing that envelope. And um, again, I think we'll, we'll mesh with formations every, every game, every, cause every team presents a different problem. Um, but I think we have to have a draw against Portugal and Germany, I think will be our toughest game. I'd, I'd be surprised if we got a point against them. Um, but I also be, I would also be surprised if Portugal beats them. So, you know, it's all it's all there for the taking. I think we have to win against Ghana, and then we if we draw against Portugal, we got a good shot. So, okay, so you're saying win, draw, and maybe even a loss, but that's still enough to get to get to the second round. Yes, that's that's my prediction. <laughs> okay, Jay, here's here was my prediction. I made it last week on the show. I've got a I've got draw, draw, and win versus German B side because quote, they, cross your fingers they've okay. already they've yeah. already advanced. That's definitely that's definitely one of the other other uh, other theories that that I've heard, and, <laughs> and that one makes sense too. You know, I think it depends on on of course the the, the German uh, the German game at the end. If if they don't have anything to play for, advantage U.S. He'll be uh, on ESPN all week and into next week, ESPN FC, and then part of their World Cup coverage. Jay Demerit, thanks, man. We appreciate you giving some time, breaking down what uh, what life is like for the Americans uh, as they are on the ground in Brazil waiting for World Cup. So thank you, my friend. My pleasure. show information, go to pitchpass.com.